Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Big podcast this week, debuting our new format, which we really hope you guys like. And we want you guys to rate and review us on whatever platform you listen to the podcast on. Give us some feedback on the NASCAR Report Instagram. Let us know what you guys think. But coming up this week, we're going to talk about the Nashville Fairgrounds news, potentially getting the Cup Series back. Some Xfinity Series news with Miguel Paluto uh, back at RPM. They got a new sponsor, Landon Castle, and hopefully an expanded partnership with Voyager. And some spotters moving around. And we'll cover all the news coming up next. Got to make sure you check out Bet Online. You can head to the new updated desktop or mobile website today and you can sign up and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So just use the promo code BELIEVE50 and you can receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Do not wait. You guys take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season on Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. And then I'm just going to go straight into it. Sure. All right, big news this week in the Cup Series and really in NASCAR in general. And the track that everybody's talking about is the same area where they're hosting the NASCAR awards ceremony and that's Nashville. And we're not talking about Nashville Super Speedway. We're talking about Nashville Fairground Speedway, the true speedway in Nashville that we were really trying to go to this year. Now, for a lot of reasons, that didn't happen. The primary reason being the track is not ready for NASCAR competition. But according to this week in a report, it says that now the ownership of Nashville Fairgrounds will be transferring. And really, the ownership is staying with the city. But the people that are going to be operating this are going to be Marcus Smith and Speedway Motorsports Incorporated, which this was the plan all along. They ran into a little bit of politics around the Nashville area with how that ownership was going to take place. But guys and girls, this is something we all knew was coming for a long time. We knew Nashville Fairgrounds was the apple of NASCAR's eye. It's because it is a centrally located absolute perfect market where the track is close to a downtown metro area and more importantly it fulfills a need on the schedule that is glaring we don't have any short tracks which is why on the podcast for the last year i have ripped the idea of bristol dirt because i said we we have the best short track is it it's bristol it's right there. Why are we messing up the best race? And now, National Fairgrounds, eventually, through a lot of renovations, and if you haven't seen the renovations planned here, do that. You can go over to Adam Stern on Twitter. Check that out. 
really cool images of what they're trying to do with the Speedway to kind of update it, give it a new look, but kind of maintain some of that old style feel. And let's talk about what exactly that does for the NASCAR schedule. Right now, there are only three short tracks on the NASCAR schedule. It is Bristol, it is Martinsville, and it is Richmond. And anybody that wants to say anything else about Dover, we don't treat that like a short track. Phoenix, we don't treat that like a short track. Loudon, you could maybe say races like a short track, but still, we're talking about a track that's a mile long, not exactly the same. And then, of course, you have the people like Matt Weaver that want to yell and say that Iowa Speedway, rest in peace, that it's not even a short track because it races more like kind of an intermediate track. So when it comes to true short tracks, we don't have any. We don't have North Wilkesboro. We don't have Rockingham that raced like a short track. The only things that we have are Richmond, which everybody has now yelled at for the last few years that it hasn't put on a good enough race. We have Bristol, which everybody loves, but we decided we were going to pour dirt on it and make it a dirt race. And we have Martinsville, which everyone adores and is the perfect race to kind of end that last chance in the playoffs. I think it's positioned really well there. So what does Nashville Speedway do? What does Nashville Fairground Speedway do? Well, it's a market that we want to be in. It's a market that we've just kind of adapted the super speedway to. Had a great response, great crowd, sold out, big thing. And now it's going to fill the need eventually of a short track on the schedule. And here's the even best part about it. It's a historic short track with a lot of history. And it means a lot to kind of the old school racers. That It's kind of a return to the roots of NASCAR. And you're coupling this at the same time that Marcus Smith and Speedway Motorsports got a grant from the North Carolina state government to help do renovations at North Wilkesboro Speedway. So for all of the traditionalists that are near and dear to my heart that are NASCAR fans, there are better times ahead. We have Nashville Fairground Speedway. In my opinion, and I am biased because this was really the first late model track that I ever really raced at, and it means a lot to me. I think it's one of the best short tracks in the country. The size of it, five-eighths mile. It's fast, high-banked, worn-out pavement. It's exactly the type of racing that we are looking for and exactly the place that we're looking to do it. And you partner that with renovations to Rockingham, renovations to North Wilkesboro Speedway. And if you're one of those old school racers, old school race fans, it seems like there might be better times ahead, both in the schedule and what we're doing at the type of venues that we're going to race at. Now, they have said in NASCAR leadership that they are trying to also expand into street racing and do all kinds of different stuff with this car. And we don't know how that's going to look yet. But I think anybody that is a NASCAR fan has got to look at this Nashville news and go, that's got to be a good sign. I think it's a tremendous sign. I actually think that Nashville Fairground Speedway and Nashville Super Speedway can coexist. I think we can have two races in the Nashville market and two very different type tracks. And here's the cool thing about that. They are very unique. So Nashville Super Speedway, we raced there this year. That's a mile and a half concrete track. What's well, a mile and a third. And it kind of raced like a short track. Now, it was tough to pass, 100%. But you had to use a lot of brake. And now you would have another track that's unique, a 5 8 mile track with high banking, worn-out pavement. 
it would be very different than anything else we do. And that's what we need. We need venues that are different. Rockingham was different. North Wilkesboro was different. They talk about actually on the backstretch at North Wilkesboro, you had to climb like you were going uphill and then back downhill down the front stretch or, or vice versa. I can't remember exactly which one it was, but we need those type of unique racetracks. Think about some of the best tracks we have in NASCAR right now. Darlington, for example. I mean, the whole purpose of the track was it was built around a minnow pond. You wouldn't even actually do that. These tracks are being built so perfectly and it's getting rid of a lot of the character. And when I look at Nashville Fairgrounds Speedway, that is a track that refused to die. The racers there in Nashville fought against the mayor. They fought against the politics of it. They're in the neighborhoods, kept it alive, preserved it long enough that eventually NASCAR wised up. Marcus Smith and the powers that be at SMI realized what a crown jewel this had potential to be the politics eventually changed, and now we have what we have going on. Uh, the NASCAR banquet being moved to Nashville was basically an intent letter. That might as well have been a recruiting trip where they, where they signed the letter of intent. As soon as NASCAR said, we're putting the banquet here in Nashville, everybody knew racing was coming back to Nashville. They would not have done that. We got there with the Super Speedway this year. I think it actually put on a pretty good race. I don't think anybody's really complaining about that race. It was a pretty good race. I think there were really low expectations with the way that the track had raced before, but it seemed like the aging on the track really helped it. Yeah. And now you're going to partner that with the fairground speedway. This is great news all around. There's a reason why NASCAR is so enamored with this Nashville market. It is honestly one of the most perfect markets you could ever dream of with all the country music that's going on there. It's such a booming city right now. It's kind of a trendy city. And now NASCAR gets to be front and center, 10 minutes from downtown at a premier venue that's getting a complete overhaul. This is an absolute win. You mentioned complete overhaul. I mean, that's the plan. I, I believe what I saw was 30K, 30,000 seats uh, is what they're planning. High demand, I'm sure, uh, for this event. We saw the SRX series go to Nashville Fairgrounds, put on a great show. But I know a lot of people said that the track would definitely need some work to be able to get a NASCAR Cup Series race. But here we are. That's their goal and hopefully bringing the NASCAR Cup Series and I'm sure, you know, all three premier series to the racetrack. And you mentioned when they brought the banquet to Nashville, it was kind of a guarantee yeah. like racing's coming back to Nashville They go back to the super speedway. I think, like you said, it was a pretty solid race, but also the whole weekend, the market, you know, they sold out the racetrack. They were partying on the streets. Uh, just for this race weekend, all the stars were coming out as well. You mentioned all the country music too. It was a great event, put on the Nashville super speedway. We know how many, you know, races on the schedule have multiple races. We know we go to Kansas twice. And big key here, RJ, let's think about this. Here was the piece of news that slipped in undetected from this whole thing is that Dover motorsports, which owns Dover speedway and also Nashville Super Speedway was purchased. It was purchased by SMI. They bought it. So now they own those dates at Dover and they own the date at Nashville Super Speedway. So this paves the way to potentially, and it seems like what's eventually going to happen is they don't really give a crap about the Super Speedway and they are going to move that race date downtown to the fairgrounds. Now, I would sit here and argue 
probably if there's ever a racetrack that needs a race taken away from, it's probably Dover right now, uh, judging by the attendance and the way that that thing is promoted. They're not doing a great job with it. And it's basically still a horse track, right? Yeah. It, so it's not like this venue is just now not going to get used. But the excitement around that Nashville area right now, that's where Speedway Motorsports wants to move those races. Yeah, for sure. And and I think it's a great idea. And the races that have two races, you mentioned the dynamic that we can have. If like there is a point on the schedule where we have two Nashville races, I don't think that's the worst thing in the world because you're having two no. different races, both in a great market. But we got here, the Nashville Fairgrounds, the short track, the history of that track, the Nashville Super Speedway. We saw how well it did last time. I think in a way, uh, having both racetracks is a great dynamic and just, the overall point, obviously, of this conversation is Nashville Fairgrounds coming back, uh, the goal to renovate the track. I think, obviously, you know, the the pictures that I'm looking at right now look really cool. Looks like a, a really sure. cool design that they are going to come up with. We'll see how it works out, but hopefully. And remember, future. that area is going to be multi-sport because they're yes. also building the MLS stadium there. And that's all going to be kind of wrapped into one area. Really neat. A lot like Kansas Speedway. And I think that's probably what they're really envisioning here is SMI is looking at what happens at Kansas Speedway for any of the fans that are listening that have gone to that track, they really developed the area around that Speedway casino. Um, there's the uh, MLS stadium is literally right next door to the Speedway. And that area around there is really cool. I think they're looking at that area there with the fairgrounds and saying, you know, we can probably do the exact same thing. I think that was the pitch to the city. They addressed some of the noise complaint stuff where they said in the release, they're going to do a lot of the kind of enhanced uh, sound proofing of the track <laughs> the best they can. They're also going to limit the number of days they're going to have cars on the racetrack, right? And that's going to alleviate a lot of the noise concern complaints because right now that track's kind of operating at will when it comes to testing days and all that. Well, if this is a NASCAR track, we know how they are about testing. There's not going to be a lot of testing. That's going to kind of shut a lot of that down. They're probably still going to have some local late model events. I don't think that's going away. It's a hugely popular racetrack for local racing. That's going to stay, but the whole thing is getting a big upgrade. And really, I already think it's the crown jewel late model track in the country. I think it's probably the most competitive weekly division anywhere in the country. I mean, I've heard of people that are spending $15,000 a race, $20,000 a race to go out there and race for the, for the track championship at the fairgrounds. And that sounds crazy, but I think all this that we're doing to the track is just going to layer on more prestige to a place um, and, and hopefully expose it to new fans, the history of a truly, truly great racetrack. Yeah. Short track racing as well. Uh, like, like Short track racing. Let's do it. Let's do more of it. With this, we'd like to give another thanks to another new sponsor jumping on the podcast, Lightbox. Make sure to say goodbye to Dole Gifts. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the brightest gift of the year. Using cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques, they've cracked the science of the sparkle, creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds you can find at a light price, $800 per carat. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but just are grown in a lab. Because of their process, they can create stones in blush pink and beautiful blue, as well as classic white. Lightbox lab-grown lab diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off, priced so they don't have to. They really do make any outfit sparkle. Visit lightboxjewelry.com to add sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. This will lead right into one of our other new segments on the show. The NASCAR Report is kind of based on uh, my Instagram that I run, NASCAR Report. Basically, in this segment, we're going to recap all the news 
that has happened this week or recently or anything that we feel like uh, is a headline to be on the show. And there was a lot of it. Uh, the last two days, uh, lots of teams, lots of things were coming out, rumors, news uh, all over the board. And we're going to cover this on multiple shows and hopefully in the future as well. Uh, so the first one I'd like to start on is Richard Petty Motorsports. They got a new sponsor. We know that we've seen a lot of the same sponsors on board uh, the car in recent years, but this one is Focus Factor. They'll join Richard Petty Motorsports and Eric Jones, the driver who signed an extension to be with the team for 2022, a 26-race primary sponsorship deal in 2022. And a series in, well, I'd say a sport that is big on sponsorship. We've talked about this so many times before. Uh, a huge sponsorship deal for Richard Petty Motorsports. They'll, have, they'll still have their other associate sponsors on board with the team, but 26-race primary focus factor joins Richard Petty Motorsports. Right, and, and the big comment back on this was who the hell are these people <laughs> because everybody immediately started looking up this company and nick bromberg who i am thoroughly entertained by on twitter despite what anybody else wants to say uh brought up that like uh is is this a scam <laughs> and their twitter account has no followers and like what is this company and look i don't want to go down negative road with this but we're talking about a 26 race primary sponsorship deal and the last one that i can think of that was like this rj was a little company called nature's bakery that sponsored danica patrick this is just off the top of my head and everybody was like nature's bakery is sponsoring a cup car for the whole year that's like 25 30 million dollars and then as we found out midway through the deal they were like oh yeah they actually they kind of quit paying so um, this this it has all the makings of a, uh, or like an IK9 deal that Jeffrey Earnhardt had where everybody was like, how is the dog training company sponsoring Gibbs and, and like Kyle Bush? Look, I don't want to go down negative road. I am super happy for RPM. I really am. I, I hope this is everything. And I hope we're all just stupid for critiquing it at all. But this had to give you a little bit of concern, right? You had to go, who are these people? Yeah. I was a little wondering because, you know, we've seen when we see big sponsorships, we usually know of the company. And, you know, I looked, I didn't know who it was. I clicked on their Twitter handle. And I mean, you can't base everything on Twitter followers, but, you know, I looked it up on right. Google, look like a legit thing. I don't know. I, I guess we'll find out is, is what we're saying. Look, if the, as long as the check's clearing, it's going to stay on the race car. I know that. And I'm happy for Eric Jones, who did an underrated, awesome job for RPM last year. Everybody thought he would. He absolutely delivered. You look at where that car finished in the standings compared to what their budget is. Pretty impressive stuff. So it was happy to see it. Yeah. And we'll stick on sponsorship. Moving to our next topic, Landon Castle, who's currently searching a ride for 2022. Uh, Voyager, the crypto platform, was uh, announced that they are extending their sponsorship with Landon Castle into 2022. Doesn't have uh, a ride yet secured or announced uh, but they're looking to put him in a winning car for 2022. So we don't know what series that would be. We know he spent a lot of time in your series, in the Xfinity series, driving for JD Motorsports last year, made a few starts in the Cup series with Voyager. Uh, so we know some of the crypto platforms have been making their waves uh, in NASCAR, and one of them, Landon Castles, is sticking with him for next year. Yeah, and by the sounds of it, really expanding on what they were doing last year, which two good things there, right? Number one, a sponsor saw value in NASCAR and wanted to grow their sponsorship and potentially do more. Part two, I think everybody's favorite underdog, Landon Castle, is he going to get an opportunity in a race-winning car? If we start looking at the Xfinity series, 
what's the car? There's only like one left, and that's the calling car. And, and that seems to be the one in the rumor mill right now. Or is this a return to the Cup Series for Landon? We are talking about a new car. Is every car a race-winning car in the Cup Series next year? You know, we were joking around about B.J. McLeod being in the top five on the time charts down there at the, uh, the Charlotte test. So I don't know. I, I don't know exactly what this is, but it sounds like if I had to put my money on it, I would put it on Landon and that Voyager deal going over there to that open seat at Colleg Racing. And I think everybody would be stoked to see that. We all would. Colleg Racing, a great team that, you know, we have, we've had Chris Rice on the podcast before. We know his motto is uh, go chase the trophies, chasing trophies, trophy chasing, trophy hunting is what it was. I was looking for it. Um, but Landon Castle could be over there. I think that would be a great, tremendous fit for the 10 Colleg car for a guy that's been seasoned in the Xfinity series. Would love to see him stay there. Uh, and a team that will have AJ Allmendinger back and Daniel Hemrick back. So Landon Castle, a guy that a lot of people know, um, would be, would like to say underrated, uh, in NASCAR and probably deserves that opportunity. Absolutely. And if there's ever a guy that has grinded his way into an opportunity, here it is with Landon and it's where being yourself can sometimes pay off. Landon has been on the crypto thing on his own for a long time before it was cool. So number one, I hope he's rich because if you invested in crypto five years ago, congrats, you're rich. Um, but part two, that love of it is what led to the partnership and what has led to the kind of the genuine nature of it, right? They know that Landon's not just doing it for sponsorship purposes. He actually was already in it before they sponsored him. So I think it's a really good fit. They go over there to Colleague. Obviously, it's a championship contending car. And I think that raises the level of expectations for Landon to perform. You're in, you are now in one of those top 13 cars that we talk about in the Xfinity series. There's going to be a lot expected out of that, making the playoffs, moving forward in the playoffs. How far can you go? You're going to stack yourself up against A.J. Allmendinger and against the defending champion of the series as teammates. Yeah, All props to Landon. I hope the whole thing works out. Yeah, now quick, quickly in between our few topics here, have you gotten into like the crypto stuff and stuff like that? I, I honestly had to be educated on it. I didn't, I didn't know too much about it. And I was hearing about all these sponsorships and I know Brandon Brown had one on his car and obviously Landon Castle and we've seen them all across, but how, like, how much do you feel like you've, you've been able to get into this type of stuff? Well, through market rebellion, I'm learning a lot more right. about stocks and, and that in general, right. Which has been great. Um, but yeah, crypto is the future. Market rebellion knows that oh, yeah. they've talked about Voyager and, and by the way, it's kind of funny Voyager market rebellion, my sponsor, the guys that are in the leadership there are actually good friends. So it's kind of been like a little budding rivalry here. And I, I've laughed and joked around with him about this. I was like, look, we can we can joke about me and Landon racing each other. I was like, if he's over in the calling car, I don't think we're yeah, really doing a lot of racing. I was about to say, you kind of you kind of <laughs> one upped you there. He was, uh, I guess, you know, with your little but rivalry. How, but like, how on. great, right? <laughs> how great for Landon. I mean, this is something yeah. that everybody's wanted for forever. I would probably say the best opportunity he's had in Cup would probably be over there at that front row deal, which I thought yeah. he did an exceptional job when he was at yeah. that front row car. Um, had some really good runs, especially like at Bristol and places where he felt like he could really make a difference. Uh, even led laps at Bristol, I believe. So it's a re- he's a really talented race car driver. It's cool to see him get a great opportunity by just being himself and yeah. being into the things that he's into. And the sponsorship uh, finally came through for him. That's great. 
for sure. We'll keep it in the Xfinity series. We know Junior Motorsports is going to have four full-time cars next year. We know one of them, they are going to add, continue to run a part-time car, which is going to be the 88. Uh, we knew at first it was going to be Dale Earnhardt Jr. running his one-off at Martinsville. And now we know that Miguel Paluto will return to the team for the road course events. He'll be sponsored by Brandt Professional Agriculture once again uh, in three Xfinity races this season. Those being Circuit of the Americas on March 26th, Road America on July 2nd, and the Indianapolis Motor Speedway road course on July 30th. So Road Ringer, guy that drove for the team last year, returns against this year uh, in their fifth part-time entry. And did a really good job, was fast. And I mean, look, this is purely the chasing trophies approach, right? Yeah. Miguel, really good road racer. He's going to get in a really well-prepared road course car that can go win a race. And that's it. That's all he's showing up to do. I mean, I don't see that 88 car running more than just those handful of races and the race that Dale Earnhardt Jr. is going to do next year, which is, I'm trying to remember exactly where that was. Is it Martinsville? I think he's trying to run. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where I see that happening. And it, so that is just a trophy hunting car. Great opportunity for Miguel Paluto. And do we talk enough about Rick Brandt and his commitment to NASCAR racing? Because it is immense what he has done for Al Geyer, Junior Motorsports. Like Junior Motorsports needs to have an entire wing dedicated to Brandt Agriculture in, in the entire race shop. They have basically helped to build that business up to what it is. Obviously, Dale Jr., and what he's done with his sponsorship and over the years uh, being probably the most popular driver in the sport still today, if we took a vote, he's probably still the most popular driver. So I think with all that being said, this to me is just more about Brandt as a whole, still giving opportunities to people to come and have a chance to be in race winning race cars. And another thing I see from this is gladly seeing that a fifth junior motorsports part-time car will always be a possibility. Cause I feel like the past few years, we've seen so much of like, you know, people fantasizing about maybe drivers from different, uh, different motorsports coming over and driving for Dale jr. Uh, and stuff like that. And, you know, in the past few years, all those seats were usually filled, all those, you know, races were usually filled in the number eight car. Now we have this 88 car where we just know Miguel Pluto is running four race or three races and Dale Jr. is running one opens up the door for, I feel like a lot, maybe a lot of fun, uh, fun drivers coming, making some starts next year, especially with practice and qualifying back. Right. I mean, if they're doing it and they have the inventory, which they're partnered with Hendrick Motorsports, I'm sure a lot of cars are going through the shop right now over there at JRM. So if there's car inventory, they have the people, they have the ability to do that fifth car, you know, they're never going to do it halfway. I still wouldn't expect that car to show up a whole lot more though, RJ. I think they feel pretty committed to the four drivers they've got in those cars for the year. Yeah, for sure. So we'll move on to our last topic here. Uh, kind of flew under the radar tab Boyd, who's spotted for William Byron the past four seasons. We'll move over to JTG Doherty racing to spot for Ricky Stenhouse jr. And we've seen a lot of personnel changes going on with these NASCAR cup series teams going into 2022. A lot of them were just because of, you know, the new additions like Brad Kozlowski. It's kind of resurfaced the number six team over there. They got a whole bunch of new members. We know Penske racing did a lot of uh, crew member changes as well. Uh, but here's one that I feel like is definitely pretty significant, at least the name. We know tab Boyd. Uh, we know his experience in NASCAR. He joins Ricky Stenhouse Jr., who we know is uh, a great super speedway racer. And, uh, you know, spotters play a big role in super speedways and just everything throughout the season. So Tab Boyd, JTG Doherty Racing, joins Ricky Stenhouse Jr. for next year. 
And this is a Hendrick affiliate team over on the 47. And I'm just kind of curious how it all happened, right? Yeah. So Tab spotted for Joey Logano for forever and then went over to the 24 car here with William Byron and has been with William Byron and has kind of been part of the development of William Byron into a cup series contender and winner. And now going over to Ricky Stenhouse, who I think out of his own mouth would probably say he feels like last year was probably a little bit of a disappointing year. So is this kind of a move to shake things up? What is Tab's role here? I agree with you. He's a great super speedway spotter. So are we looking at that like, all right, we're just kind of putting our eggs in that basket. We know Stenhouse is great at super speedways. We know we're going to lean that way. It seemed like Ricky, when he talked about it, was really excited about working with Tab, right? And I think what you're looking at with a spotter driver situation, I think a lot of this is almost like the quarterback and the play caller on offense in a football team, right? Yeah. You can have a great quarterback and you can have a great play caller, but if there's not that connection, if every time the play caller makes a call, the quarterback goes, well, why the hell are we running it right here? Or why, why aren't we throwing it? And you're kind of questioning that, or there's not that just chemistry there. You're probably never going to reach full potential right now in the case of tab Boyd, I mean, all I've ever heard of be is extremely complimentary of Hendrick and William Byron and all that. I don't think this is a bad blood. It wasn't working out type of thing. It's just a new opportunity, probably getting a pay raise. They probably had to lure him away, but they clearly felt like in Ricky Stenhouse's case, that they could probably point to the spotter and say, you know what, we can upgrade that. And maybe that's going to also help elevate Ricky as a driver. Right. So I think that that's probably the move here from the management is like, let's, let's get a guy that we know is an elite level spotter that has won races, won championships. Let's put him with, with Ricky and see if that brings him up a level. Yeah. I think it's a great move. Uh, for JTG, like you said, I am I was a little curious of how it happened considering the the HMS JTG alliance, and it would also be interesting to see who ends up being the new spotter for William Byron in a year where I think he definitely uh, has a lot of you know momentum going into next year, the way he performed towards the end of the year, but a lot of motivation uh, as well to do something in twenty. <laughs> And that'll do it for this brand new episode, a brand new format, like Tommy Joe mentioned uh, in the opening. Uh, new format to the show, but same old thanks to everybody watching, to our great sponsors, Bet Online, our new sponsor, Lightbox, for coming onto the show. Thank you to the Believe Podcast Network, and thank you for everybody uh, for supporting this show. We'll see you all next time.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.